this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hey everybody and welcome to a new edition of the award-winning Talking About Cars. This is where it's all about everybody has a car story, from celebrities to car personalities. I'm Randy Cardoon and this week we go to the library, that's right, for a book that has plenty of pictures. Michael Allen Ross, he's a photographer, takes a lot of pictures of automobiles and he does so with Tom Cotter on several of his barn find books. In fact, anytime you see one of Tom's books, you'll see Michael's work, seeking out the dusty, the forgotten vehicles that could be found in backyards, on the side yards of America, assuming you have the okay of people that own the cars and the land. Bob Beck of the Great American Auto Scene, my buddy from Gas, joining me at the Grand National Auto Show in Pomona, where we caught up with Michael, and with the exception of my microphone, which apparently was not working and went unnoticed by our do-it-yourself engineer, <clears throat> meaning me, uh, the interview came out fine. But aside from that, so Michael, let's get started. What's the first car you remember? I was brought up in the back of a 59 Brookwood wagon, so I can't leave that car out. I mean, there was a lot, you know, the neighbor had a, a Renault Dauphine, you know, um, um, but that Brookwood wagon, um, every time I see one, I get a little choked up, you know, turquoise and white, and uh, I think of my dad and driving through the desert in that thing, and um, it was just a great car, so I just, you know, I, I can't, uh, I can't not mention that car where were you brought up uh born in denver yeah so uh colorado and uh and then moved to um uh california um in the peninsula and then i spent 41 years um uh, in the new york metropolitan area uh but now i live back in uh live back in northern california what uh, was your first car my first car well let me see you know i was a musician it was uh, somewhere in the 70s there, and I, uh, it was a 73 Tradesman 100 Dodge van. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. I had, to move, I had wow. to move my equipment around, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just any, you know, it, it remained stock for about three weeks, and then uh, next thing you know, it had... Uh, hooker headers and hooker show tubes on it and it had big wagon wheels and a push bar in the front and I had um, I had aircraft landing lamps on the front I was always driving late at night home from gigs right so I put these lights on it which light up the sky it was phenomenal but uh, when you say gigs I was a musician was a guitar player I've been a guitar player for I fed myself playing guitar and singing for a long time oh wow yeah, okay. yeah. Very so, cool. Uh, what kind of music did you play? I played. I was, you know, I was a, mu I was a musician. I had to play everything. Uh, so I went from everything from the acoustic thing to studying jazz. I studied jazz with Bucky Pizzarelli and Joe Cinderella. And Joe Cinderella really taught me how to uh, transcribe music and really um, opened my eyes into the jazz world. And I uh, had a, a jazz quartet. And then. Um, then I was listening to new wave, and, and next thing I know, I had a five-piece new wave dance band, you know, and uh, uh, and then I went on from this, that, and the other thing. The bottom line was, I had to had to eat and I had to pay my bills. So whatever was hot at the time. Honest name for your band that you belong to. 
The Hurt. I'm sorry, The Hurt? The Hurt. I see. Okay. <laughs> now, where did that come from? I really don't know. I think uh, we're going to start doing a show called Talking About Band Names. Yes, band names. <laughs> and band aids. Band names. Hurts. Yeah. Exactly. Band, bands that never were. Well, I thought it was something like, uh, you know, in, in uh, the celebration of John Hurt, you know, something like that in actor. No, I, had, I think it had a little more pain to it. It was a little, you know, it was, it, was a, it was an odd time. Yeah, it was an odd time. All right, then. We'll just go on from there. <laughs> That's right. Now, you, you love cars. Yeah. Which, what is your favorite that you, you'd like to have that you, you may have gotten rid of at some point in time? Well, if it's a car that I have that I, um, you know, I, it would be, I, I always thought, I've got a, I had a 79 911FC that was just a bulletproof car, and I had to sell it because of circumstances, and that never set right with me, you know? Uh, I wish I had that one back, but there's a lot of cars I wish I had back, too. Yeah. Wow. So you like trucks a lot? I like trucks, yeah. Do, do, do you like trucks a lot? I love trucks. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love trucks. I love, uh, you know, if, if I wanted something today that I've really got, it's got, got me going crazy, is a Nomad. I want a 55 Nomad. Really? Oh, yeah. No. You know, I think, you know, I shoot all kinds of European stuff and things like that, but I'm a hot rodder at heart. You know, that's, you know, I'm a kid from... California. I got to ask because you know you've been so involved with uh, Tom Cotter's books and, and so many other things like that, and, and looking at some of these pictures of the barn finds that you guys see from time mm-hmm. to time. Was there ever a barn find that you saw that you went, "OMG, I want that car"? Yeah, there's actually um, there's a couple of them. Can I tell you? Um, Go ahead. Uh, one of them was uh, actually a belly tanker Ooh. that we found in Missouri. And I keep having this thought that I want to go back there, and I want to fix it, and I'd like to do a book on it. I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like to drive the belly tanker to Bonneville and race tanker. it. Yeah, yeah. For those who don't know what that is, you have a little explanation. Well, you know, all the you know young guys came back from World War II, and uh, they took the, uh, the 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 tank fuselage. Um, and uh, split it in half, turned it upside down, and welded them together and turned it into a car. You know, when they were in the Army, they're looking at this thing going, wow, this would be really cool and aerodynamic, and I bet I could make this thing go fast. So they had a belly tanker with a flathead in it, and uh, I, everybody thinks I'm kind of nuts, but, you know, I'd, li- I'd like, I'd, I might even just buy it and take it home and hang it on the wall, but I don't think my wife would like that too much. You know. How did you come out, how did it come about that you, A, were a photographer, Mm-hmm. And B caught up with Tom and got involved in these these books uh, of his and the idea of running all over the countryside, uh, visiting everybody's barn. You know, Tom Cotter will get you into a lot of trouble. <laughs> 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 um, you know, it's it's a type of thing. I uh, I I asked him for five minutes of his time. That's what I did. As I sometimes you have to ask for the business, uh-huh. and. Um, he was going to an event, and I was going to the same event. I called him up. I said, hey, I need five minutes of your time. He says, okay, meet me in the bar at the end. I'll need a beer. So I walked in, and um, he's sitting with the who's who of rock and roll there, and he gets up and says, i I, I got to have a beer with this guy. And it was a very brief conversation. And um, I said, Tom, do you know my work? And he said, yeah, I know your work. And uh, I said, well, I know your work. He says, yeah, well, now what do we do? I said, well, I said, next time, all I'm asking is that next time you want to do this, just think of me. Just think of me and, and you know, if, if you have a project. And he looks at me and goes, 
I've got an idea right now. And I said, so what's that? And he says, I know a bunch of rock stars, and they all have cool c- cars and motorcycles. And my, my, you know, eyes, you know, went wide, and I said, I'm in. You know, so um, next thing you know, I was uh, running around the country with, with Tom Cotter and uh, Ken Gross, and we did a book called Rock and Garages. And I had the opportunity of that, you know, in that book to shoot everybody from Billy Joel to uh, Keith Urban to Pat Simmons from the Doobie Brothers. Uh, um, it was just a phenomenal phenomenal project um you talk about billy joel what kind of car guy is billy joel well he's a motorcycle guy really but he's got some cool cars too you know in his shop he's got a really cool uh pickup truck and he's he's he's, he's a gearhead you know um but he's really a motorcycle guy you know and ah. he's just he's got a phenomenal motorcycle collection now are they new or uh, vintage it's a combination of all kinds of things um everything and, uh, he has a gentleman that works for him and uh they work on bikes and and adapt the bikes and they sell bikes and it's all out of the shop in uh, Oyster Bay, Long Island. Wow. Yeah. Great place. Out of the people you saw, at least for the book, uh, which I assume is still in print, you can get it at any bookstore. It, it's it's out there. Yeah, it's out there in the ether somewhere. You <laughs> yeah. can find it, but it sounds like a great yeah. book. Uh, aside from Billy Joel, whose collection, aside from a certain person who's out here, which, you know, Jay Leno, I assume you guys t- checked out or not? Uh... Oh, yeah, we've been there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but aside from Jay, because everybody says Jay, because he's yeah. got such an incredible collection, name somebody we wouldn't think would have, would be a big car, car person who is. Oh, wow. You just, uh, or somebody we would think who's a car person who is. Well. That impressed I'm, you. You know what? The, the really interesting thing was um, Earl of Guthrie. But that's going back to the book, right? Sure, yeah. sure. You know, Arlo Guthrie, you wouldn't think of it. Like, he's, he, he collected his, his tour buses, which I thought was the coolest thing. It was just really, really different, you know? Sorry, I got off uh, No, got, no, got no. Off actually, there. that's interesting. He, so what kind of tour buses are we talking about? I'm not talking about School the, buses? No, his, you know, these big old buses that looked like they were an old Greyhound bus yeah, with, yeah, the, yeah. You know, with the kind of glass kind of raised thing that looks like a uh, looked like a Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you know, kind of adapted into that. It, it, and, you know, he, his whole story was that, you know, I spent two or three years in that bus. I can't throw it out. So all the, but then he puts them, he puts them out all, all, all over this property. They're, they're like yard art, you know? So they're, it's, it's really kind of cool with your beautiful trees and beautiful uh, shrubbery. And then there's a, there's a bus. <laughs> so, and what a great guy too. Really great guy. Very cool. Hot rodding a bus. Hot rodding a yeah, bus. That's not? cool. Yeah. Wow. Hey, why if not? it's got wheels on it, why not? I, yeah. I, I mean, it's. I'd, it's, I'd do it. Isn't it amazing, though, what some people will collect? I mean, Bob and I have been around long enough to see, you know, there were guys who collect, you know, American Motors cars, Ramblers from the 40s, Nashes, that kind of stuff. Uh, there are guys who collect Italian cars, French cars, but. To think buses. that somebody collects his tour bus and yeah. decides to keep it. Is there a particular brand tour bus that he goes for most? Um, no, I couldn't answer that question. I, uh, I'm not really savvy on the tour bus thing. Particular brand of tour but bus. I, I don't even know if I can name a particular brand I, of tour bus. I will tell you what his favorite car is, though. What's that? It's a it's a Checker Marathon. Really? Yeah, and it, because he can just have a party in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth, you can have a whole party in that thing. Is so. that, wait a minute, is that the station wagon one or the taxi cab one? 
I believe it. Well, I'm thinking of the taxi cab. But yeah, 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 that's yeah. what the Mar- yeah. Arlo Guthrie loves the Checker Marathon. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Why not? What the heck? Yeah. They're, they're supposed to go back into production. There's a guy up in Boston that's trying to bring the company back. Really? Yeah, but he's restoring the older ones. Where's he from? Boston. Boston. Oh, okay. We had him on gas a couple of years ago, uh-huh. and he's got reproduction. He's making reproduction parts for them, and he started by restoring them, but he wants to go back into production of new ones. Well, Ar- Arlo should talk to him because he lives in Massachusetts. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ah, there we go. Yeah. So, uh, the Checker Marathon and Arlo Guthrie. See, you know, the interesting thing, and I know on my show, we talk to a lot of celebrities about their cars, and we talk about, it's funny, in a way, how deeply personal a lot of these vehicles are. It's it's usually because of family ties, uh, dad had one of those, or I always wanted one of those as a kid but couldn't afford it, and they eventually go collect these cars. What I found interesting in in Tom's books that you go around in, is the various people that he finds and, and people who will allow him to kind of go through their stuff. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, and, it, it, and it's real. I mean, we just, we cruise in. The greatest thing is the, is the Woody. The Woody's the, the icebreaker. You know, it's immediate credibility. You pull in the driveway in a in a pale yellow, he, he'll tell you the name of the color, I can't remember, but uh, uh, that, that Woody is the ultimate icebreaker. People just open their doors, open up their bins, um, take you through, and, and next thing you know, you know, you walked in kind of scared, and next thing you're walking out and it's three hours later, and you're best friends. It's, it's, it's amazing what happens. If you've never seen one of Tom's videos, I believe they're all over YouTube, and I know yeah. um, I keep getting them... Uh, the Barn Fine Hunter. The Barn Fine Hunter, yeah. Look for that on uh, YouTube and all that. He's got some great videos. And it's a, I believe it's a 1937 Ford Woody? 39. 39, okay. 39 Ford Woody. He's driving around in it all the time, and it's, it's just uh, it's a unique calling card. And that car has surprising reliability. I mean, he well, travels all over with it. Yeah, there is an LS1 under the hood, so... Uh, okay. oh. That, that was yeah, going to be my next question, street <laughs> rod or stalker. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. going to say, aside from that, it's yeah. really reliable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he, he, he's known for, every time he leaves a uh, one of the uh, one of the fines, he's known for leaving rubber every time he leaves. So uh, <laughs> people get a kick out of that. They're always like, their minds are like, what the heck? You know? <laughs> and he, and he, he has the biggest smile on his face because they never expect it, you know, uh-huh. with a Woody. Yeah, That's so, great. Yeah. That's great. And, and the fact that they allow you to take the pictures, and some of the pictures you've seen that you have taken uh, are just, I mean, some of them are rust buckets. Some of them are just cars that, for some reason, he decided to leave it out in the backyard. And, and he could very well turn that into at least a driver. Oh, I mean, the things that we've seen in different places, you know, we did uh, um, we did a barn find road trip which uh, covered four different states that we went around found some really cool stuff and that was my eye-opener to this whole thing you know i had never been on one of these trips with him before and that parlayed into the uh route 66 you know barn fine road trip route 66 where we travel from the beginning all the way to the end the people that you meet on these trips are just amazing we have a book out right now called motor city barn finds which is the same concept but we stayed in one city and we just stayed in detroit and shot in detroit for 11 days that book's doing really well and um, we have another book that'll be out in April I'm not sure if you know about this one but this one is uh, uh, it's Ford Model T coast to coast and we took a 26 Ford Model T and we rode along the Lincoln Highway 
from beginning to end, and it starts in Times Square, New York City, and goes all the way to the Legion of Honor in San Francisco. This was a stock Model T. Would I drive anything stock? <laughs> <laughs> it's got an right, LS1 sorry. in it. We, yeah. Yeah, Bob and I just met, so he's getting to know me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it actually has a Rajo head in it. Um, oh, okay. You know, it, um, um, uh, we had a mechanic with us, and, and um, Dave Coleman built a car, okay. um, and it was uh, owned by another gentleman, Nathan, who has who owns the car, and they allowed us to use this car. Wow! But I mean, it had Porsche 356 front end pieces in it. I mean, I couldn't keep up with this thing uphill. It oh. was crazy. Uh, but it does, you know, 40. It has a 40 horsepower rather than 20 horsepower, um, cruising along at, at a nice clip, uh, 52 miles an hour across the country. Then you get into 62 at one point. I think the high speed was 69 at one point, uh, but you don't want to push it that way. But we made it in 14 days without a hiccup all the way wow. across country. And we took a day off in Lincoln, Nebraska. Why Lincoln? Oh, the Lincoln Highway. I get Lincoln it. Highway. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, planetary transmission or a regular three-speed? Um, no, it's got like 12 pedals on the floor, you know, yeah. that whole thing. So uh, I, I just, I didn't even attempt to drive that thing. Okay, so it's got the Model T transmission. Um, yeah, but the, you got to push the pedal yeah. down. Yeah, this is high, this yeah. is low, this is, you know. But the, the band is carbon fiber. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's reliability. Right. Yeah. And this one had brakes because the Model T doesn't have no, brakes. No, it's, you know, so, yeah, it's drive shaft. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it, it, you know, actually had uh, disc brakes and it was a really cool car. Yeah. Cool. So wow. it's out there. But that book will be out um, um, April. We're thinking April. I'm curious to know when you started doing photography. I, I can't imagine you sat there going, you know, I'm going to start taking pictures. And I'm going to start taking really cool classic car pictures and being books. What was your original intent? Um, How did you it, see yourself as a photographer? It's a really weird thing. I started. Um, I actually started my whole career with the camera on the other side of the lens. Uh -huh. um, I was a musician, and I was singing on a jingle. And uh, the producer's wife walks in and says, Hey, do you ever think about doing modeling? I'm like, no. And next thing I know, I was represented in New York and I was flying to Italy and I was going out of the Caribbean and I became the face of American Express, AT&T, Coca-Cola and all kinds of, so I did that for many years but the cool thing was I was always a camera buff because my dad was a camera buff my grandfather was a camera buff and there I was when everybody was paying attention to what was for lunch and everything else I was paying attention to the photographers and composition and lighting because that's what I was interested in you know and I had this I was there doing something else and getting paid for something else, but I was paying attention to that. So I eventually transitioned into being a still life photographer, and I used to uh, photograph fragrance bottles and um, you know very small things. But uh, it it drove me a little crazy because every day is January third. It could be raining outside, it could be snowing. You wouldn't know what it is. I'm in a dark room with this little tiny object trying to make it look perfect. Well, one day I just snapped. Uh, I bought a Porsche from Joan Jett's old drummer, and uh, perfectly, perfectly yeah. reasonable. Yeah. I, I, joined, I joined the Porsche Club of America, which he was insistent upon, and uh, the Joan first. Jett? Yeah, no, the her drummer, oh, oh, right? Oh, okay, and okay. Uh, and uh, I went to this, and they invited me in. They said, "Oh, you should bring us." You know, we're, it's slide night. Well, that tells you how long ago it is because we were, we were shooting slides. slides yeah. right? What's what's film, right? Slides. So so um, I showed up i went out and i took some pictures of my car in the morning came in i walked home with this huge trophy and i'm like well this is kind of cool but it dawned on me 
a little longer into that to actually marry those two passions, the photography and my passion for for automobiles because I've been a car guy since I was four years old. Oh. So um, it was, and that's that's it. That happened a long time ago, and here I am now. What transition? '59 Chevy to a Porsche. Yeah. 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 Well, at least he had some cars in between. Yeah. It wasn't as jarring as going from one to another. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, they, that, that could be a shock to the senses, you know. <laughs> Just a little bit. Well, uh, we, so you were saying that you sang jingles to what? Oh, all kinds of things, you know. Chevrolet stuff and all really? kinds of, yeah. yeah. All right, give me a jingle. No. <laughs> oh, not going to do it now. No. What? What? <laughs> no, I'd have to like I'd have to like warm up my voice and uh, do all that stuff. So you have to yeah, get a high yeah, range or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I might blow this microphone out too. Yeah, you know, okay. it's, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to injure this equipment. It's borrowed. But uh, yeah, or your or your voice, more importantly. Yeah. So that's all right. Well, I thought I, you know, you got to throw it out there. Just got to give it a try. <laughs> no one's ever sang on our show. I just no. figured, you know, I'll have well, to, you know, if a little warning, maybe next time I'll, I'll, I'll right. warm up before. Well, that's. You shouldn't have put that on the ground. Next time we have you on, boy, prepare to do a jingle. There you go. When you travel Mm -hmm. with Tom, I remember a lot of the things he talks about in the books. And if you haven't seen uh, the books, Tom, it's more, it's, it's about the cars. But he also talks about the narration of what you guys did and how you were able to talk to the people there. And, um... And the interesting thing I always thought it was, was, for example, when you go to a city, you don't necessarily know, sometimes you do, but you don't necessarily know that there's a car or that something that's going to be there. You started to have to kind of cultivate people in that community. Yeah, yeah. It's um, one, of, one of the tricks that we use, um, if there's an event, if there's a car event going on, if there's a cars and coffee, show up. Um, sometimes we, we've, we've been sitting places and people see the car outside and recognize the car now and come in and go, hey, isn't, aren't you so-and-so? So, um, but, you know, literally uh, Cars and Coffee is a great place to find people, cool cars, and people are, are casual, and it's really a, a wonderful place. I mean, ask a gas station attendant. Ask anybody. What we like to do is we like to pull up in front. Every night, our little trick is we pull. Uh, Tom likes beer, so um, he's a beer hound. He's a right, he's, he's a rusty car hound and a beer hound, you know. So so lock lock your refrigerator or keep it stocked. Um, uh, so what we do is we, we like to find a brew pub where he can find a nice beer. We park the car prominently outside, which is usually in an illegal spot somewhere, um, and then we sit at the bar. And we start talking. And from there, it just leads from one thing to the number. You know, the bartender knows somebody. The waitress knows somebody. Next thing you know, the next morning, you're at some place, and some guy's opening the gate, and there's 150 cars just because you started talking about it. You have to put things out there. That's, I mean, that's the, the lesson. No matter what it is, you've got to put it out. If you put it out, it comes back. Talking about cars. Talking that's, about cars. Wow. To yeah. get to cars, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, craziest uh, car find and what led to it? Craziest car find and what led to it? Or maybe the most surprising one, something where you just totally didn't expect. Uh, well, one of the most surprising ones, we, we had a lead that somebody said there's, there's some cars out in front of this guy's house. And we drove by in the afternoon and... Uh, there's probably 13, 14 cars outside, and he's not home. So we took, a, we went for lunch or something, a theater or whatever. We came back, knocked on the guy's door, 
started talking with him, and we, we did notice there was bamboo all around his perimeter of his property. Bamboo. Bamboo. Okay. Well, there was a reason for that, because there was 150 cars in his backyard. And literally, I mean, I ran that number before, but that's where I get it from. Nice There's 150 cars in the backyard. Uh, cars. That's yeah. more than you, yeah, I'm t- That's his, yeah. I, I'm talking everything from Series 1 XKEs to, uh, I think he even had a checker marathon there, too. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, stuff like that. It was now, really kind of cool. What part of the country was this? Were these cars just sitting back there rusting, deteriorating? They're everywhere in America. <laughs> it, it's, you know, there's other... It's 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 incredible. It, I don't know. I it's a um, there's some little thing that makes you love the car so much that you want to collect these cars. Mm-hmm. But there's a total disconnect where it's. But I'll just park it in the. I'll just let it sink into the weeds. Yeah. You know, it's like I love you, but I don't love you that much. Yeah, I'm gonna restore you someday. Yeah, maybe maybe people just think they'll their life that life's longer than they think it really is. You know, I'll, I'll get to it. I'll, we've heard that a lot. No, yeah. no, no, it's not for sale. I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna get to it. Yeah, right. um, and we're shaking our head, going, it's not gonna happen. I hate to tell you, but you can't. You know, but I, I will tell you the coolest thing about all these cars is the people. More and more, it's the people that I have the opportunity to photograph, the people that you talk to, talking about cars. Um, you you develop real relationships with these people, and there's people that we're we're in touch with on a regular basis that you know check back in with us and say hi, and you know people we're fond of, and some people that scared us, but you know. It's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine if they got 150 cars in their backyard, they're not necessarily the most stable. Yeah. No, he's yeah. a cool guy. Well, 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 are are any of us? Come on. No, no, <laughs> it's, it's one of the requirements. Right. Well, it's you know? like I, I talk about these discoveries with people and I say oh you gotta you know check out Tom's videos and they and there's a couple of them who aren't necessarily car people that'll go what they're car hoarders and I go well in a way yeah, I, I call it heavy metal hoarding there you go yeah <laughs> you know you could do it with well you could do uh, you know thumbtacks but you know yeah why not a car yeah there's and it's not quite as claustrophobic because it's outside. Sure, unless of a point. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, automobile always meant freedom. Yes. So it maybe, did. maybe if you, you know, that was that was. I was listening to uh, one of your things recently, one of your podcasts recently, and there was a young lady who said she was 20 years old and hadn't gotten her driver's license yet. So do you like driving, or would you rather have a car that drives you? I don't drive. <laughs> yeah. I see. Okay. You have no desire to drive. I I just haven't taken my driver's license. How old are you? I'm 20. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm not judging. Not judging at all. Teach this girl how to drive, will you please? I couldn't wait for the day when I went and got my license. That meant I was, you know, it was freedom, you know. Um, it's a really interesting time right now. Very different, you know. That kind of, I know, it, it just blew my mind. How can you be 20 years old and have no desire to go get your driver's license? You're absolutely right because we're transitioning into self-driving cars. Well, at least so they say. That seems to be where everybody's going to and and people trying to restrict the kind of gasoline you get and so some of our cars may or may not be able to be going on the road. Just out of curiosity, your thought on driverless or autonomous vehicles? Well, you know, it's all about safety. You know, that's what this is all about. You know, when I was a kid, you know, they, you know, they, they showed us everything. They, yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, they said, you know, cash is going to go away and you're all going to have this little card. Really? 
what happened, right? Yeah. So we saw all the, we saw all these ribbons of highways, and people are stepping into these pods, and the, and they're going off. And granted, some people should not be behind the wheel. I I know that. You know, we've all been we've all experienced that, and that's cool. And I understand that, but I think it's a there there is a control issue that's going on here that is somewhat disturbing. But I understand. You know, some people have abused the privilege, and um, it's about safety and. I keep bringing that word up. I think it's going to be a cool time, but I hope this never goes away because yeah. this is, um, I mean, there's, man is always going to have the, the want for this type of power and the ability to go express themselves and build their own car. There is a, uh, there is a thought. I was having a discussion with Rob Ida recently, and he was saying that there may be the, the type of thing where all these cars are just going to be a platform and you go in and... and a platform and then we we hope that maybe the, the day of the coach builder is really going to come back which was really going to come into a full circle for the people that are doing this work that were of the cars that we're seeing here right now you well, know and, and it is and you go back there was a real uh, real large population of kit cars for a while oh yeah the volkswagen chassis platform was, right we got exactly what you're talking about yeah that that platform was so flat and easy that there were multitudes of GT40s, there were Maserati, you name it, it was was Volkswagen in the back. I I was out in the desert yesterday and I found a a kick car MG. I I wanted to take a picture and send it to to, uh, to Cotter, but I I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Next thing I know, he'd be like, oh, Photograph that. Let's do a book on uh, the yeah, kit cars. Fiberglass MGs, yeah. Oh, actually, we did find a kit car in Arizona. I'm trying yeah, to remember so. that movie uh, that Sylvester Stallone was in, and it was uh, Sandra Bullock, and everybody was oh, going yeah. around in autonomous vehicles, and then they unfreeze him because he was a cop back in the day, oh, and then yeah. he shows up in a 66 GTO or 67 GTO and is racing all over the place, all these police and autonomous vehicles without weapons or trying to catch up to it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to refrain from letting you know I know the name of that movie. Oh, please. <laughs> Go ahead. What is it called? No, I don't. I'm just kidding. Okay. Now, now it's going to bug me. But they were very polite, too. Yes. So, so would you please pull in. over? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Would you please pull over, please? Please. <laughs> well, yes. Would you please lower your weapon, raise, you know, not raise your weapon and shoot people? Okay, yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, Michael Allen Ross is joining us here. Uh, what's in your garage right now? Oh, what's in my garage? It's a sad case. I live, see, I, I live vicariously through other people's cars all the time. You know, what I'm driving right now is, is a, is a, a, um, a car that uh, Ford gave me for the weekend, you know. They could, I have a new uh, a 2018 Mustang uh, GT uh, 5.0. Well, that's a pretty but, good car. But I have to give the keys back, you know, when I'm done uh, shooting it uh, over the next couple of days. So I have to do that a lot. So there's a lot of rotating of, of other people's cars. Um, but I have what's, what's commonly known uh, to a lot of people as a shoebox. No, it's not a shoebox. It's uh, actually called a sneaker. I got confused because I'd really love to have a shoebox Ford, but it's it's uh, people call it a high top sneaker, and it's um, uh, a lot of people call it the M coupe. Um, it's actually a Z3 coupe, um, but it's a rare one. It's a it's become the it's become the sleeper of all of them. It's the it's the three liter. They only made they only brought like eleven hundred three liters here. Uh, so it's a three-liter stick, um, and it's been a great car. It's 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 been bulletproof for me. I have had it forever. I've put 
It's got 166,000 miles on it. And if I've changed the oil and the tires, it's been so reliable. And it's a blast. It reminds me of, uh, I had a 240Z, same kind of setup, long straight nose on it. And uh, uh, two-seater, you know, and your rear end sitting right over the differential. And um, I had a TR6, even though that was completely different with the Prince of Darkness and everything, but it, yeah. it was kind of that long straight nose and heavy motor up front. So it reminds me of those cars, and it's it's just been a great car. So, uh, yeah, until I get that 55 Nomad, that's kind of yeah. it. All right, you're talking about sports cars. You're talking about British sports cars. Mm -hmm. Have you had any of your own? Yeah, I had a TR6. I always tell people if you want to learn about cars, buy a British car. Yeah. Because you, you're going to have to learn. Well, <laughs> well, British Leland made mechanics out of owners for decades. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, see, the British love to tinker. Yes. That's, that's you know, it's, they go out, they sit in the garage, they have a beer, they tinker. You know, it's, yeah. it's all work. Yeah, you had mentioned the Renault Dauphine, though. I mean, that's yeah. a car. Yeah. That, that was a car that back in the day seemed to be everywhere. Yeah. And, we, and we found one of those, too, on the, on the Route 66. Yep. Really? Yep. It's in, the, it's in the book. So how many books have you had? Uh, we've done, well, our fifth book is about to come out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the, the Ford Model T book is, will be the fifth book we've done together. That's so, going to be cool. And then, cool. and then what's next? Um, I know what Tom's doing. <laughs> and um, we have a couple of things that we're, are kind of brewing. But for me, next is going to be a totally different type of project. Um, it's going to be a similar type of project, but in a different venue. Um, and uh, I just, I don't, I don't, yeah, I, I don't want to jinx it right now. Uh, All right, if you were going to do a book on your own on a specific type of car, what would you, what would you target? Now you're being clever. <laughs> <laughs> you're being clever. Aside from the project that is not necessarily what we're talking about, yeah. <laughs> Is there one car when you were out there that you never, that you always wanted to find that you never did? Oh well, I, yeah, I'd like to find, uh, I'd like to find my dream car, which is, it would be a Porsche 904 GTS. Yeah. Okay. So you know, I'm running away in some guy's backyard. No, because it's, it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not metal. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it would be rusting away. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, parts of it. And, and, the, um, and people have always asked me, why that car? Why that car, Michael? Well, it was just, it was a combination of this absolutely gorgeous fluid lines on a car. It's so sexy. It's so low. It's, you can't walk away from the lines on this car. I'm, a, I'm drawn to lines. It's all about the lines, right? Yeah. But as soon as you open the door, as soon as you pop the hood on that thing, it is all business. There's nothing that shouldn't be in that car. Yeah. I mean, everything, anything that should have been in you find in another car is thrown out. Yeah. And, and it's just all business. So it's, it's, um, it's got the best of both worlds. Automotive photographer Michael Allen Ross. Is this thing working? Yeah, okay, now it is. Look out for his new project, which obviously he wouldn't talk about. Coming out soon, or later, or not at all. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Radio.com, iTunes, and KNX1070.com so that way you can be notified when a new Talking About Cars is uploaded and you won't miss a thing. And if you're on iTunes listening, please give us five stars and leave a comment about what you think of our podcast series. Our website is TalkingAboutCars.net. And don't forget to follow us on our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Until next time, I'm Randy Cardoon. Join me as we have some fun talking about cars.